traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Pardon by America with your host, David Thomas. So is that why every time I take a dump, like I get the quiver? I mean, you got a big old turd coming out. That thing's rubbing up on my brain. Chris Polo. I'm not an entirely huge fan of bananas. I more like banana laffy taffies. Those are better. And Greg Williams. It's like put your dick over the urinal, shake it off, and then put it in your pants. Don't want no wet dicks. No. no sorry, that was inappropriate. First thing off. <laughs> so, do you guys, uh, you guys excited for the Super Bowl? Mm. Fuck no. Because <laughs> I, I know what's going to happen. No. The Patriots are going to fucking win. It, it, it's it's going to happen. After watching what they did to the Chiefs and how the Chiefs had an unbelievable year, and it was just like everything was like leading the Chiefs' way. And the Patriots just came in and were like, "No, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're no. not gonna. I don't. I, I don't want to talk about this a long time. I enjoy but. being a part of the festivities, like food and beer. Yeah, but yeah, I could really care less about football. Uh, well, I, you know, Super Bowl is always fun. Commercials have been weak lately. I hope this year has some better ones, but I have a feeling they're going to be very politically driven. I'm sure. Oh yeah, probably. Well, everything's all about the halftime. Yeah, you know what? What's going on with the halftime? Um, oh, who was playing halftime? Maroon uh, Five, yeah, yeah. So, and they didn't practice. Well, apparently yeah. they're racist. Well, no, I know. I, uh, I don't know. Roger Waters, <laughs> Roger Waters from uh, Pink Floyd, who I, who's one of my favorite bands, but that guy can suck my dick as far as I'm concerned. But he was wow. saying uh, Maroon Five needs to uh, take a stand and <clears throat> kneel so, and blah blah. blah so, blah, you know. so you had a. How do you it, take it, a stand and kneel at the same time? <laughs> it is kind of a weird. <laughs> yeah, why? But, but I read an article this how, morning. How do I physically do that? You can't. I read an article this morning that uh, Cardi B was initially asked to do the Super Bowl halftime show, and oh, that she was her. she was conflicted because uh, she financially wanted to do the show, like for publicity and money. Is she part of the Wiggles? But she's friends on, with Colin Kaepernick, Channel? so she said she was heavily conflicted. I'm like, hmm. So money can buy you because yeah. it almost did. You know, she didn't end up doing it, but. Money can buy you what? Good, because well, be... she was she you know she would have got paid a lot of money to do the halftime show, a lot of publicity for it. Yeah, and she decided to decline because she's friends with Colin Kaepernick, and she felt like that. Well, good been... because I don't really know who or what Cardi B is. She's but, a ex stripper, but I nasty little hoe. Just her name being <laughs> Cardi B, I can only imagine what she sounds like, and I hate her already. Cardi B. All right, so off the topic of. <laughs> <laughs> off. 
I, I, I don't even know. I couldn't t- pick a song out of hers. No, I really no. couldn't. But on, off the topic of Super Bowl, let's we'll just end it with, give me your score. Patriots win by a, uh, a field goal, 31-28. to Ooh, that close? Always that close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say upset. Rams win. That's actually not an upset. Rams are supposed to win. Yeah, oh, whatever. Well, upset compared to Super yeah. Bowl history statistics. I see. I'm gonna say Rams win by ten points. Okay. And realize, people, that by the time you you hear this, Super Bowl is gonna be over. Oh yeah. So yeah. I don't know what the winner's gonna get. Maybe a little dick sucking. <sighs> Okay, so hey, the loser gets on their knees. Teeth? Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find a toothless woman. <laughs> you guys, um, I volunteer to be that toothless woman. I'm just kidding. I'm not sucking any. Uh... I wanted to show you. Uh, well, so today we're going to talk about, uh, I think we're going to talk about emotions and how we've changed from when we were younger, maybe before we had children to now and like what triggers us, like what, what things do we yeah. see now that all of a sudden make us maybe have an emotion that we didn't have before, whether it be like, you know, being upset, mad, crying, you know. Yeah, and what what sets you off? Like, is there any certain things like watching a video on Facebook or mm-hmm. listening to a song or mm-hmm. that just like, that wouldn't have heart-wrenched you yeah. 15 years ago? But before but we do this, I want to, to share this little gem of a video I, I saw last night. Maybe you guys, did you guys see the uh, taser fire? No. Taser fire? Yeah, I wanted, it's a little quick news thing, but uh, a guy's leg catches on fire after being shot with a stun gun in South Philadelphia by two security guards. What? I guess he was being... Uh, so bl- he got what he deserved. There's a place no. called... Uh, <laughs> there's a bar called like Jim's, and uh, ultimately, I guess he was being like a drunk bastard, and security showed up, not the police. Okay. And uh, they... They went ahead and... Uh, what does that mean? Security for like the nightclub or where was this at? A strip mall? Uh, I think it's a bar, Jim's. Oh. They, they had tasers. Jim's bar. <laughs> oh, it's Jim's. <laughs> it always happens at Jim's. Again? This is like the fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, first of all, how do you catch on fire from a stun gun? Maybe Was he a, covered in gasoline? He probably had a lot well, I'm, of see, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. I've never seen this before. This is why it was kind of just a fascinating video, but I've never seen hmm. somebody just like, and you'll see what I'm talking combust. about. Never seen one, somebody just combust and from electrical. Oh, impulse. I heard it. I heard it. Yeah, it's that. coming up right now. So you guys can get okay, the, Dave is playing this video off of his phone onto the screen. this guy in the middle of the street. I want to turn it up there. Oh, they shot him and he is lit on fire. And Look they at just that. stand there. He's already stopped and dropped. You got to roll, dude. Okay, he got set Look. on fire. Oh, what the fuck? They're replaying it. Oh. oh my god, you hear the woman in the background screaming. How does that happen? How does he he just burst in flames? Okay, so I've been thinking about it. And then he immediately went out. Why, so what, why I wasted my time, I have no fucking idea. Can we describe <laughs> what happened on the video? Listen, yeah, look it up online. You can see man catches fire after taser. It's Maybe we can post the link in there. Sure. Okay. Not that big of a deal. But what he is, is he's, he's kind of rustling with these security officers. Yeah. And uh, he gets up and one of the guys shoots him in the leg with the taser. And immediately his leg catches on fire. <laughs> he hits the ground and his leg's burning. But yeah. then it goes out relatively quickly. Yeah. So I'm sure you didn't have any major burns. But my guess, because people are up in arms, like, can you believe this? This is bullshit. This guy caught on fire. <laughs> my guess is, if well, I obvious, had to guess. Obviously, the, the security guard planted like a, a, yeah, a flammable 
taser in his I say, I say, let's fucking, we should uh, trademark this thing, or we should, like, we should make a gun, like a taser that actually lights you on fire when you shoot it at somebody. Yeah. No, what are those, uh, what are those bullets no? called in, like, Red Dead Redemption and stuff? What? Well, here's the thing. That explode on impact? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Here's the thing. That's going to stop that guy. I can tell you that. Because if the taser don't get you, the burns are going <laughs> But here's the thing. I think, because this is at a bar or a nightclub, I think he probably had spilled alcohol on that's, his pants. That's what oh, I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that was a lot of, they lot hit of it. gin rummy going on. You know? Spilled or, a couple of shots on himself. Or he has some serious flammable piss. But you notice <laughs> the cops didn't do shit when he caught on fire. Well, that, the, that, he that went that up in the flames you? and they are like... Whoa. That, would, like, that uh, would startle me. Uh, if I shot happening? a guy with a taser and he lit on fire, I'd be like, what in the fuck? Am I in trouble? Dude, I, just, I, I became David Copperfield and I uh, had performing a magic trick. Watch like a white dove flies out of his pant yeah. leg. <laughs> like, oh shit, we ruined it. I just wanted to share that with the you. I thought that was clears and he's gone. But it's like, how bad is this guy at taking shots? He, I mean, each shot just spills on his pant leg. Like, well, I he mean, wasn't like standing upright, so maybe he was just that hammered. Yeah, I guess, because, like, his whole, like, shin part of his pants caught on fire. So it's like, where where <laughs> do you get that alcohol spillage? Yeah. You know, like, every time I've spilled something on me at a bar, it's either been on my shirt or, like, upper pant area. What if he was just <laughs> climbing on the bar and absorbed oh, it into his like clothes? Oh, like, he was, like, on his like knees. Like, he got like kicked doing, out because he's, like... Cl- he was probably on his knees on top of the bar doing, like, a tequila keg, like... Oh, a tequila keg? A tequila keg stand. It's where you sit, you're on your knees, you bite a lemon, and then they just shove like three bottles of Don Perio or what's it? What's Perio? <laughs> Is it Don Don Parrot? Perion? Don Perion? Don's Parrot? Or wait, maybe it's a. Uh, yeah. We're not that fancy. We don't drink I that. I don't know. <laughs> Point being, interesting. I thought it was interesting. That was a weird video. Yeah. Not a lot of, like, I, I really did try to look up some, like, weird news this week. There's not as much, like, weird stuff that happened this week, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyways, let's talk about the emotions part. I just wanted to share before we get going, because I know we're going to run this a little long. But yeah. Uh, Chris had brought up the idea of, like, how we felt as teenagers, pre-marriage, pre-children, what got us hot, like, you know, like, controlling our emotions. And then now, like, as we're adults, we have kids. We have a different, like, thinking of life. Different perspective. And, like, you know, what stuff makes you, like, what just sets you on over the top? And then yeah. what, like, what can you do? And you're sitting there and you just, you cry. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, what, like, I've had moments where Obviously, just, what, what things completely fucking piss you off now that you could probably care less about before. But <clears throat> what little things happen were, like, get you choked up? Well, you know, I, uh... I got on this kick the other night. I don't know what brought it up, but I started I started watching uh, the death of Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> I remembered as a kid, and I was like, I'm going to watch this documentary on it. And I, I got choked mm. up, man. I was, I was I was a little teary-eyed. I don't know why. It's mm. so long ago. But I was watching, and then I started watching, like, different races and, like, people, like, accidents involved with, like, race car driving and yeah. people. And I was like, God damn, it's, like, really sad. Because they're just, like, having a bl- The Dale Earnhardt one, though. Did you tear up, though? I did. Did you? Well, Dale Earnhardt's, what, I, there's things to it that I did. I remember watching it on TV. Yeah. Daytona 500. I remember watching it. I remember it happened. Then he died, and I was like, oh, my God. He's yeah. great. He died. But then the story, the actual, the actual little, like, mini biography they did on, like, the whole buildup yeah. was what got me because like if you knew him this has to do with our topic so i know i'm getting into nascar which i'm not a huge nascar guy but 
if you knew him, he was called the Intimidator. He was always an offensive race car driver. He was he was willing to push you into a wall to get in the first place, and that mm-hmm. was his thing. Well, his son now, Dale Earnhardt Jr., was racing, and so he had him and Dale Earnhardt Jr., and there's another guy, I can't think of his name, Wallace. I think it was Wallace. Rest, like, Rusty Wallace? I don't remember. Number 57. I can't remember, but there's three members of the team. <laughs> Jesus. Did you, Is you, that real? No. Okay. No, I'm just trying to get the story here. Come on. So there's uh, Rusty Wallace, number 57. So Dale Earnhardt had three members, him, his son, and this other dude. This other dude had never won a race in his life, okay? And he had a lot of potential, but he never won a race. Dale Earnhardt took him on, right? Yeah. yeah. Dale Earnhardt, before the race, said, we're going to be one, two, and three. We're going to win this race, one, two, and three. And the guy was like, I've never won a race. This is Daytona 500, right? If you watch the race, the saddest part about it for me was, in the last couple laps, Dale <clears throat> goes to third position, and it's this dude, his son, and him, his three teammates, one, two, three. One, two, three. And instead of being the intimidator that he is, he played like the uh, defensive he game. Plays, he played guard. And he's he's back there like dodging these cars, allowing his son and this other guy to go ahead of him, right? Yeah. And he goes around like the last corner, and the fucking guy, he just loses hits it, hits, hits the wall, and fucking dies on the last turn of the race. Mm. And his mm. son takes second, and this guy wins his very first race, Daytona 500. <laughs> so they're all celebrating, and he's yeah. getting shipped off to the hospital, and he dies. Now, my point of, like, why, I don't know why I got emotional, but they were talking to, like, the owner of the team. They were talking about things, and I'm just like, I think being older, I'm like, how good of a friend he was to them. Yeah. You realize, like, the strategy. He was, like, he was allowing these other two people to take glory that he should have yeah. got. You can, yeah. Because well, in, in 20... He went from being the intimidator to the protector, almost, yes. you know? Not only that, mm. but what was weird, too, is his relationship with his son had changed that year. He used to be, like, a no-bullshit, like, you're going to work. I'm not giving you shit. Like, yeah. I'm not putting you on. And then all of a sudden it changed. It's almost like he knew mm. something was coming. But ultimately what my point is, is 30 years of racing that he's been racing, he only won one Daytona 500. That was his biggest knock is he wasn't, he never won a Daytona 500 until like two years prior. So that was, he had that race. That was Dale Earnhardt. Dale right? Earnhardt. And then Dale Earnhardt Jr., his son, won the actual race. He took second. So I think that that's like the the biggest irony though. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of this race, you're going to have a winner, and there's going to be a celebration, but then someone just fucking died. Well, see, the weird yeah. thing like, was is how usually you... like your team comes together, and they, they get together at the end of the race, and they're all <clears> celebrating. Yeah. And they said that they were celebrating, and Dale wasn't there. They knew he had wrecked. But if you look at the accident, it looks like a, like it a nothing burger. It wasn't that bad. It's yeah. not a very bad accident. But he died. And so like the, I, to me, I started getting emotional about it because I was like thinking about, like, okay, he had a kid in the race. His kid was there to see this wreck. Then I'm like, hey, I'm a dad. Like, So that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. When you're younger, you look at death and you look at like things that upset you or you see like commercials or whatever it may be. And you don't really think much of it because you don't have much invested in life yet. That's yeah. my ultimate thing. You don't have a family of your own, like kids of your own. You don't get that like career. Bu- but now I watch these videos. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, so the fucking dad just died. Did I ever tell you guys <laughs> about my theory of truck drivers? Ooh, No. That I believe that they're all named Dale. Uh, and then if it's a female truck driver, her name's Gabadale. <laughs> Gabadale? Why? That's not even a name anyone has. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Gabadale. No, why that's, do a, you that's have, a name somewhere. I'm going to look it up. Why do you have that theory? So a long time ago when I worked at Sears, I was working at Sears uh, part-time going to school. And I started out in the receiving department. And no joke. Every, like, what was it, like three days or something, a truck would come, and his yeah. name was Dale. 
to be yeah. like, oh, your name's Dale. Was it too. the same guy every time? No, it was different Dales. And I was like, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> there's a conspiracy going on here. I mean, I've they known a only lot of hire guys named Dale. Yeah, but then actually, the one of the guys uh, at the distribution center that was sending Dale off, his name was Jesus. So do the math. Jesus. <laughs> okay. This is a bigger thing than what we... I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you guys this. You can each answer separately. What is something that... What is something that you guys get emotional about now? Let's go with, like, the sad part. Let's get this out of the way so we can have more fun with it. What's something that really, like, strikes a chord with you now that probably didn't 10 years ago? Well, is there a commercial or is there a video or movie? So I think we all kind of talked about this like right before we started, but anything to have to do with kids now. Yeah. Because once you become a parent, you kind of, they know what they're doing. Like movie producers know what they're doing because they, they create these scenes that if you're not a parent, you don't get that emotional. Cause I remember watching movies before I had kids yeah. and I was like, Oh dang, that sucks. Look at that little boy. You know, he's yeah. Flew out of that car, you know, but now you'd be like, oh, that could be my fucking kid. Oh my God. What would I do? Oh my God. I could feel like, her pain, like it, the parents. Pain. Like, can you guys watch bird box? Yeah. No, not yet. Yeah. Oh, Craig, it's but, pretty, it's pretty good. I don't know. It, like there's a scene where this might ruin it for you, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. There's a scene where might ruin it for she's everyone. like, no one, no one opens their eyes. I pick who opens their eyes because they have to navigate down this river. Yeah. And like they set it up the scene like she's yeah. gonna pick one of the kids oh. instead of herself. Okay. And right then I'm like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. I immediately hated Sandra Bullock right then. Well, the reason behind it was that well, the reason behind it was that she knew that if she was to die, these kids have no chance. Yeah. And she had like an adopted basically child and her own child, mm. and she kept. It kept it, going it kept into like the, like the adopted one because it wasn't one. hers. It was, uh, and it was just like, oh, it, it kind of pissed me off. It was yeah. like, oh, you well, better not. Don't don't ruin it because I do want to watch that. No, we're not going to ruin <clears> it. Um, but it's kind of like the movie The Quiet Place, how yeah. that starts out where yeah. you see mm-hmm. something happen to the kid. And then like it depends on how good the actors are too. It's and a like movie the, at the end of the day. So exactly. Like if it, they sell it well, then yeah. I think for me, like anytime seeing like, a protective father or like ones that get me a lot are like war stuff. Even like the sniper. Um, what was that called? The sniper. Hacksaw Ridge. Like war movies. Yeah. Like where you see somebody in like extreme situations and like overcome those, like you can get emotional so, about mm-hmm. it. Like heroism. Yeah. Heroism. But then like, it's, it's more like, uh, for me, it's more like knowing that they have like family knowing that they put themselves intentionally in a dangerous situation. Yeah. And then seeing like the amount of like, when you go through our daily lives, we don't have that, like that amount of stress yeah. or concern no, or not fear. Even close. So, so back in the day though, remember, so Dave and I went to go see the movie. Oh dude, I, I know. I am, I am legend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We both, we both and teared up. <laughs> we, uh, the dog scene. The yeah. dog scene. <laughs> so there was a scene where he had to you know, lay his dog down, but like he had to do it in a very like, I'm going to strangle yeah. this dog. And like, we were like the whole theater was just like quiet. Just, yeah. And like, it was pretty gay. Me and you, to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. me and you just, me and you <laughs> shoulder to shoulder. Dave and I were up like, over this dog. Well, the, sad, like, the fucking, now that I think about it, the dumbest <laughs> thing about that is like, 
it was there was quite a few people. I remember there was a fairly amount. Of, it was right when it came out, you yeah. know, and there was some people there watching. But me and him were sitting there, and anybody behind us <laughs> so had good. to have seen like this. Is we this had a, this is simul- a couple. We yeah. had the simultaneous reaction of looking at each other. And we're like, damn dude. We did. We did like a nose to nose. Like, I'm sorry. Oh my god, yeah, man. This sucks, man. Well, fucking will, dude. He's just like. <laughs> Yeah, he's, and he, he does that like, and you guys are like, sold it, dude. Yeah, dude, God sold it. it. So we were just uh, like, you know, that was the best thing of that movie. I mean, that, <laughs> but uh, the best and worst at the same time. Uh, I think there's like anything like for me, like I have a, a great respect for veterans, like even animals. Like you see these, like they're all so stupid. They really are. Like any of these dog movies that come out, Marley s- and Me, they're oh, so yeah. stupid because they're so overplayed. And you know what's going to happen. But the point is, is like those movies are made for one thing. Yeah. Everybody loves pets. And you know, like rally up. You have like you have like this love for your pet. Like, you know what I mean? Like it is. It's a really cool bond that you have with pets. So when you see an animal die or like kill itself trying to save you, then Mm -hmm. like then you're like, God damn, you know, dude, I fucking bawled my eyes out when we had to put our dog down. Yeah, that was rough. I yeah. fucking loved that dog. Yeah, I I cried a lot when we put our dog Dexter down. Yeah, it's uh it's one of, but if you look at the overall like encompassing thing of like what what this all means. So yeah. like you look at a dog, you look at a kid. Yeah. They're all pretty defenseless. Yeah. I mean, there there is some sort of like protectionism role yeah. and it's like if you if something happens to them, you didn't do your job. Like you failed to protect them. You well, know? I think and the, that's kind uh, of what yeah, I think Why the it, I think biggest thing is that. like the first time in your life, um, you have more responsibility towards something that's not you. Yeah. So yeah. like when you like when you're like you just said kind of when you're caring for somebody like a child or a dog, um, like you're putting your attention to making sure that that particular thing stays alive, stays healthy. So like you de- you know you take away your personal needs and give it to something else. Then that changes your perspective on it. Like whether you feel like, you know, if it dies, you failed at, at keeping it alive or if a kid gets hurt, like where you weren't there to protect mm-hmm. him or yeah. her. So, yeah, I mean, that that all that all goes into it. But it's weird because like as you would think as a kid, you still have some emotions, you know, like you would still have like certain things that would trigger you. Well, I'm, I'm maybe just... to a lesser extent, like not as deep. Yeah, I'm I'm saying like that could be a rationale for why we're feeling this way whenever like something happens to a child yeah. or a pet. And it's personality too because there's a lot of people that have things happen that just don't feel the same. They yeah. don't like they can, their dog can die or their child die. I mean, I've seen it like where somebody's kid dies and they're like their way of dealing with it is not like sobbing and crying. It's yeah. like just this stoic like I don't know what happened. Yeah. You know, and but they just lost. One movie that got me Pretty good. Was do you ever watch the movie Wonder? Yeah, I did watch that. I don't think so. No. Yeah, you should. Dude, it's a good dude, one. It's a good one. Yeah. It, it's one of those where it's that you're choking up and you can feel it in your chest, mm. and then but you're laughing at the it's same. About time. a kid that has deformities and and is going through school, like finally goes to like a public school and and gets picked on and stuff, and mm. the dealing with that. Yeah, yeah, that sucked. Yeah. Well, what movie? What was the first movie that made you? That you watched and you were just like, like oh, by damn, yourself. Dude. Oh, geez. What's the first movie uh, that really by myself though? No, I'm just saying like that you remember that like you were very emotional over. And I'm not saying like I mean, listen, here's the like truth. As a kid, no, anytime. I'm saying like when I I remember like for example, this is stupid, but mm-hmm. Land Before Time. 
Yeah, I was, I was say, a kid. I was gonna say Bambi and uh, Bambi, good one. Yeah. But I'm saying, but here's the thing: it was when I was a kid and I was watching Lamb Lamb Before Time or Bambi. You're like, why? Why is that happening? Like you're sad. You didn't understand yeah. it. You're sad, but you're not crying. You're not, I'm yeah. saying when you're was not the, emotional about it. Yes. When was the first movie that you were like either by yourself or with your wife or just whatever that you watched and you like really like welled up and you really like were like I holy mm. crap? Do you remember what that is? Because I do. Do you? Yeah. I'm going to have to say the first one I can remember where I actually had like, was like, oh, fuck. It was maybe Armageddon. I, I was actually, mm. when we were just talking about that, okay. I was thinking about that because. The whole scene where he tricks him and Bruce Willis stays on the asteroid. <sighs> yeah. So not not to like go on a tangent here, but like to yeah. help like explain. So we talked about like. The protector role, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're you're a protector of a child or a dog, but then you also have this um, heroism thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if it's combat or if you die in place of another person, and you and tie so in, it's that kind of it's, a martyr. You have like a tough yeah. love thing because <clears throat> if you remember, yeah. he was this tough father. Yeah. Who wasn't all that accepting of this guy? Yep. And it showed how much he cared about him. Really. Yeah. Yep. So it's like death, that was a good one. So death is like the ultimate sacrifice, right? Oh yeah, clearly. Yeah. And so whenever someone displaces someone else from dying, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that tit for tat that gets you. It's yeah. like, oh my god, he fucking. He was also he willing paid the ultimate price. Yeah, yeah. no, he <laughs> was. Yeah, he was willing to, and it's a movie, folks. Yeah, but he was willing to die himself to maintain his daughter's happiness. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, that's a good one. That's yeah. a really good. I didn't even think yeah, that and one. then right after that, when it shows her on the TV screen, when it's all static, and no, you're just like, no. ah, Aerosmith is playing in the background. Yeah, I really, <sighs> I cried when she, I, yep. I, I cried a lot when uh, he was had the little animal crackers on her belly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh damn, look at that stomach, oh, Bruce Willis. Uh, the movie that got Wash me is the Gazelle. One hundred percent. I know. Goes way I down had this. Under. I still. I, <laughs> Jesus. I said I have this like still. That like, was before me too. Okay. So. Probably one of my top five favorite movies of all time, easily. But like, it's one that gets me every time. Is the Green Mile? That's <clears> the one that I remember sobbing on. What are you looking at, Limp Noodle? Limp Noodle is what you won't kiss my green ass. Mile. Oh, Green Mile. At the end, where you realize how like harmless this person is and how loving he is. Yeah. And they put him in the chair and that asshole doesn't wet the sponge. Yep. And there's the guy, I can't think of his name. He's a, he's a good actor, but he's holding that trigger. Yeah. And he's like, Tom he's balling. No, it's not Tom Hanks. Oh, it was oh. the other actor. He's a really good actor, okay. but he's like sitting there and he's just like sobbing. Yeah. You can see like the tears because he running doesn't down want face. to pull it. Cause he knows they know yeah. that this guy is not the evil person that they think he is. Yeah. But they pull it and then it all goes haywire. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's um, another Tom thing. Hanks grabs the guy. You watch, you son of a bitch. So that's another thing that can cause this emotion is injustice. Injustice for sure. You know, you know I think what I mean. I think. Yeah. I think the ultimate. Here's the. Here's the truth of it. Okay. Um, this is gonna get a little weird, but anytime somebody dies, no matter what you feel like, if he's a criminal, for example, say like these people on death row and stuff, like they can be criminals. I'm watching that Ted Bundy thing right now. And he guy's a fucking crazy guy. But the point is, is like, no matter who it is, there is somebody in the world that is associated with them that doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And when people die, like, even if you don't like that person or or think highly of them, like, maybe there's more to the story. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So like when you start looking at like true humanity in, in a big scheme of things, like you should feel emotional about it, even in a situation where you're like, he deserves it, you yeah. know? But like that one, he was played out to be this like terrible person, this giant, you know, this is slave days and kind of that era, like not slave, but where they didn't think highly of black people to see like what kind of person he was. And he was an angel, you know? Yeah. And like his healing, like, like the green mile you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Just like the fact that like you, you get in a connection with him and then seeing the emotion behind it, like that would be a hard, hard sell. That well, one definitely like, ooh, so, I cried a lot. Man, Green yeah. Mile was a good fucking movie. So that kind of goes into like social media because like what social media has done, I think mm-hmm. is like dehumanized people. It has. Yeah. And so the mm. further you get away from a face-to-face conversation, the more someone just becomes a, a text phrase or like a string yeah. of words yeah. instead of like an actual human being. And it's just like, I mean, how many wars are started like this? Yeah. Like you you see like, oh, that's the enemy. Let's go bomb them. Well, just like you were saying, that enemy has family. It has yeah. people who mm-hmm. actually care for them. So well, it, what are me, they going to do? They're going to come and attack you again. And then it's just a ping pong effect. It makes yeah. you, you know, like... It makes you respect. I know, like multiple podcasts ago, we did one like on the uh, the war Christmas time. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like the how they came together. Like, like they're still an enemy, but like it makes you like respect that other person because they're fighting for something too. Yeah, you don't agree with it, but I'm just saying they're 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 doing it for a reason. They have an <gasps> agenda that they want to go with, so you have to like respect that, and you should feel. Like I don't think there's I don't think there's very many people in the world, especially like veterans, that have killed somebody that don't think about that person every single day. Well, you gotta yeah. think there's a lot of how many soldiers have the have PTSD, not because of shit that they've seen, but because of things that they've done that yeah. and then have to know that there's people that are now missing that person and Yeah. The, I think too, another thing now is love. You know? Which uh, I think is a big one because, like, when you're you're a kid, like, you may think you love like how many times like, we were in middle school and like fucking love her, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, anybody, her. anybody that gave you a boner, you really loved. Yeah, yeah. That's you what had, a you had, a, you had like a yeah. duh. You're very, just like, oh, oh, oh. Very I rarely. Love, I love you. <laughs> I yeah. must love you. This means happy. I love. We have kids now. This see, this is love right here. I really loved yeah. the Pledge of Allegiance. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think like when you have a boner, that wasn't a boner. When you're young, like you have this weird perception of what love is until you actually find love and, and realize it. and feel it. You realize that, that, Oh, that's the real thing. Right. And like what you were saying with social media, like there's so much like sappy, they, they have a disconnect there, but there's so much like bullshit to spewed out in social media that it's it very, devalues love. Well, it's surface level. It's, it's very contrived. Yeah. Well, like and fake. It's, it's fake. And like, it's fake news. This is what it should be. This is what you should do. You know, like there was that like clickbait shit where they're like, if you don't sleep, if like they show a picture of like a card, like a bed and there's like a husband sleeping facing the other way and a wife facing the other way. Like these people don't love each other as much. No, that's not true. I sleep. I sleep that way every night. I don't like, I don't like holding my wife every night. Yeah. No. Like I I will like. You can't sleep like that all night. (laughs) No, but it means nothing to me. Like you're you're going to bed, yeah. Like that has nothing to do with it. Like I will lay with my wife. I'm sure you guys do, but mm-hmm. I will lay with her and like we'll like kind of. But within minutes, I'm like All right, roll over, <laughs> yeah, and get my job done, which is sleeping. I'm here. Yeah. I'm there to sleep. There's a time and place, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do in a bed. 
couple great things, but sleeping is the best one. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so the point of it is, is like they, they have this like false, they give out this false narrative of what love is. And I think a lot of these kids, especially younger ones, are looking at this like, oh, at, well, at face value and thinking it's going to give something them anxiety. Else than what, what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Non- They're going to be like, false expectations. Crap, if, yeah. if my boyfriend or husband doesn't cuddle me all night, then he doesn't really love me. That's ridiculous. So that's, I think social media does that. Yeah. I think that they are influencing not good behaviors between people. And so false behaviors. Well, not only that, but like you're saying, like they they introduce these articles that are written to say this is how society expects you to to act in your bed. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm not acting that way, am I is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my wife? And it's there's like a chivalry thing that's lost. We we discussed this previous too. Yeah. But I think uh, I think like when I go back and I'm, I'm looking like. Because we're we talked about this before the podcast. We're in that age group where half of our lives did not have social media exist. Yeah, um, and then it kind of hit, you know, like with MySpace and then Facebook, and then now it's yep. Twitter and Instagram and all this other mm-hmm. crap. Which I'm not even into all that. But the point is, is like if you think about like when we were teenagers and we were like dating people, like where did you get your reference from? You got it from like watching movies, like real movies, and the what the difference between the movie then. And social media now, in my opinion, is is like when you watch like say you watch like P.S. I Love You, or the oh. no, or the Notebook. All those are tear jerkers. All oh, those yeah. are listen. They're girly movies, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't love them. I oh, do. Yeah, they're fucking great movies. So the point of those movies was is they didn't. None of those movies explain to you like if you don't lay in bed with her this way, then you don't love her. Yeah. If you don't do this, then he doesn't love you. But to- what they did explain was if you treat a woman right and you do things for her. And you give her affection and show her love. Even if you die, like PSLV dies and he continues these notes or the notebook where they have this crazy love, you know, then you're like, man, like I just need to be like a good husband or a good boyfriend. So I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Okay. Let's do it. Because I think you had the same bullshit articles in Cosmo magazine. They're all in magazines. It's just a different medium. It wasn't, it was widespread. I'm I'm simply saying for me. I'm saying my intake of what relationships were or supposed to be. Yeah. I had a um, divorced mom. But it wasn't as easy to input intake all of this information as it is now because no, it's, there's more of it. I just opened my phone and there it is. I know, but there's more of it. But I'm saying like if you don't like I didn't have two parents in the house that I could like read off of and say like, OK, this is what a this real, is what I'm supposed to be looking. This for. is yeah. This is what a, a father's supposed to treat his wife like and vice versa. Well, there's like TV shows all, all over, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> like you have like all of these TV shows with but, families. I know. A man I know. And wife but that's and, not what I'm getting at. That is true. hundred percent. My yeah. point is, is they never broke down specifics of what makes a relationship work and not work. They didn't do the cosmopolitan. You ever watch Full House? A lot of Danny Tanner <sighs> of lessons. I'm saying you learn the basics of like, if you do this, yeah. this bad thing will happen. If you do this, like you'll earn a respect. Yeah. And now everything's like the top 10 reasons why women leave men, the top 10 reasons yeah. why men cheat at work, the top 10. Yeah. It's tearing and it's people like, apart, right? And, no, it's not, it's not tearing them apart, but what it's doing is you read these articles and I've read them and you've read them, you read them and then you go like, Oh, well my wife does that one. Yeah. And now you're looking, uh, now you're fishing for crap. Stuff. We don't do this one. Like, do we love each other? Like, do we really? And like, that is nonsense. Yeah. Like you're married, you have kids, you have a family, you have a great life, you have your ups and downs. Yeah. But like, you can read into that stuff and then start questioning your own relationship. And it's, that's bananas, dude. Yeah. 
You know, because so like everybody's yes, fucking Gwen Stefani, bring it on. So so doubt. That is another emotion. What's well, doubt? But it's it's. I just think that people Anxiety. like every relationship is different. You know your relationship better than most, and it's great to like read into things and figure out what you can do to make it better, how you can communicate better. But don't allow somebody to tell you if you're not doing this. Yeah, that means this because that's not true. Yeah. Do you guys ever think that um, there is a like an effort to introduce this doubt because it drives people to go maybe buy something like it's more of a consumerism angle no i don't you know i'm sure there's some things yeah for sure there's um i think the social media's whole thing is to like sell you oh yeah i think a lot of it is i don't know what the agenda is for it though like what would be the reason that a that a business or a magazine or would want to make an article that makes you doubt your own relationship i think ultimately they're trying it makes, it makes you come back to them for more advice in the future probably i think like repeat customers. It's what I say about liberals. I don't agree with them at all. But ultimately, like their beliefs and things, they're true to their belief. They truly believe that people truly believe that what they are spilling out is the right thing. Yeah. And and somebody else can disagree with it. And I think that these magazines are truly believe that, hey, these ten facts. So people on the left and on the right, right? Everybody. Everybody. I'm saying I'm a yeah. right. But what I'm saying is I have to acknowledge that like Bernie Sanders a hundred percent believes that this is the best way for America. He's not being mischievous. He's just that's his belief. Yeah. I don't like him. I don't like what he stands for. But I, I also like I love the fact that he is he is putting out his thing and he believes it passionate mm-hmm. about it. He's not doing it to like be Hitler and like take over the earth. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But these magazines, I think they do this stuff and say these things with good intentions. But the problem is sometimes is I'm given the benefit of the doubt. Okay. My point is, is like a consumer, the person reading it can't like, they can't allow themselves to like feel like if they don't fit the mold of this, that their relationship or their life or their ideology, you know, political or not, is yeah. wrong. Because that's the problem is they, even with politics, they say, like, if you believe in uh, no gay marriage, then you're a this and you're a that. And then these people that do believe that gay shouldn't be married, yeah, whether that be religious, they yeah. all of a sudden feel like they're an outcast. So that's not okay. Yeah, so um, I guess this is like the ultimate anger, right, is... Anger and frustration and stuff that, like, if you look at a, a Facebook post, because there were several times. So I quit Facebook, everybody. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. I deleted my Ooh, account. Quit the well, gym. Quit it. <laughs> uh, but part of the reason behind that, why I did that, was because I was actually, um, I'll, I'll open up something and I'll take a look and, like, actually analyze how I'm feeling because of it. And if I, like, for... For example, fantasy football. I used to play it all the time. Yep. And then uh, I got to the point where I was waking up at like three in the morning to check to see if my waiver went through. <laughs> yep. And then at, right as I set my phone down and I was falling back asleep, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Why? I'm not getting a lot of money for this, yeah. like at all. Yeah. Why am I doing this? It's not enhancing your life. And so I, I stopped and I was like, I got to I got to stop doing this. And so, like, with Facebook, I would just scroll through, and I would see someone that I knew say something that I disagreed with, and I'd get yeah. mad at them. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to feel that way towards this person. 
because I know this isn't like their whole life mm-hmm. and I'm just uh, disagreeing with what they're saying now. Yeah. But I don't want to get this ingrained in my mind because that's all I'm going to hating this person. That's all I'm going to know is what they're saying. And so, I don't want that. So besides the social media thing, do you guys think, say when we were 20, do you guys think you're more emotional now yeah. than when you were? Not necessarily, not necessarily about getting pissed off about things, but just... It's different. Like you... I think you can jump on a bandwagon more when you're younger. I think you like hear things and you, without putting a lot of like effort into learning it, you just, you go with it. Maybe. I do think that. I also think that as you get older, you get more stuck in your ways, so it's easier to jump on a bandwagon as well. Well, I wouldn't call it jumping on a bandwagon. You know what I'm saying? Because if something came out and the right party was saying, this is what we think now, this is our hot topic, you would be all about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I I think things now definitely get me more choked up more often than when I was 20. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more susceptible to... Well, if you're talking about like sadness and not um, necessarily just sadness, even like getting choked up because something really happy is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find myself <sighs> getting this, that's a tough one. I find myself getting reacting to that a lot more now than I, I, I did. I feel like when you're younger, your brain is not working at its full potential. And I think like that there's that argument, and, and we're not going to go political with this, but there's the argument that like when you're younger, you're more democratic. You're more into like because you don't understand. I'm sorry if you yeah. think that. Well, I'm there's saying, that phrase. What but is? I'm just the saying. Phrase? It's like uh, I don't know. I can't remember. But the point is, is like when you're younger, like you have this kind of false idea of the world, and you like when you're saying like, yeah, free healthcare, free school, free everybody gets equal wages, everybody, and like that all seems really great to you. You're like, yeah, everybody should have awesome shit, and everybody, but yeah. you don't understand life. And you don't understand, like, when you work, you pay taxes, and those taxes go here, and yeah, you're working 40 hours, and this bum over here is working no hours. And, and then you start going more into the conservative, right? And the only reason I bring this up is because, like, that's that's what I was talking about. When you're in, when you're younger, it's easy for bad ideas to sell better because you don't, you don't think of it past just the idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't think of, like, healthcare for all. That's great. Yes. But you're not ever taking that time because you're not smart enough, quite honestly. Well, there's a lot of adults that agree with that now. So yeah. it's like, yeah. You know, so but I'm those same saying, adults are the ones that are throwing themselves on the floor and crying and whining. And some, they're like literally in a 20 year old body. Some. But then you have, you know, composed ones that are in Congress that Listen, are running. Yeah, I don't want to get that political. But my point is, is I feel like you don't, you don't think past the moment at 20. You think past the moment constantly after you're 20. Yeah. I, I always s- think of the future more than I think of the moment. Now, what's the last thing that got you guys choked up? Like choked up, uh, like, like just it got you in the heartstrings. Um, man, it, without even expecting it, like it just happened. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens on like movies and TV shows where you're just like oh, there was two of them okay. last week that got me. Yeah, and they were songs. Oh, yeah. That'll country do songs. Okay. Yeah. I've been listening to country a lot lately. Yeah. I got a good country song. Gets so me every time, dude. Damn. The first one was earlier this week, and it was uh, Jamie Johnson in color. Yeah. Do you know that song? No, I don't. It's, I don't even know why. Will you it, sing it to me? I can't. I'm not going to sing it to you. I want to feel you, Chris. I will play it <laughs> real quick. If anyone doesn't know what this song is. 
it got me, man. The, there's a part in it where he uh, talks about being in war and stuff. Mm. I said, Grandpa wants this picture here. It's all <laughs> black and white. Yeah, I can see. real clear as that. Country does it there. to you, dude. I'll you give him props. Yeah, I was, I was 11. Yeah, yeah, man. This song fucking got me, man. I was singing along with it at work, and I, next thing I know, I'm like, my eyes are like blowing up. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, um. Yeah, because see, there's like, there's like, there's feel to that. Yeah. We got the the solo performance here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We we get it. <laughs> that fucking got me, man. And yeah. The, I, I music know. does it. It just depends on your mood and what you gotta. Because like that to me was not doing it. But well, I, in, I the, in this atmosphere, exactly. like I was just in my head by myself singing along to this song. There's exactly. a uh, Darius it. Rucker song that gets me every fucking time, and it and it's called uh, "It Won't Last Like This for Long." And it's about having kids. Mm-hmm. And it's literally goes from the birth to the you know, lifespan. Yeah. And uh when you have children, like it hit me in a in a weird because it's very simple and it's not super it's not super country. Like that's a pretty country song. Yeah. This one is just lyrically and like it every time I just get like because you think about your own kids and stuff. Yeah. And I can show you later. But um I will say that like for some reason, like uh, last week when that gal was murdered, mm-hmm. like I had a moment where I was like thinking about, I'm like, that's really <clears throat> fucking fucked up. And it's really, really sad because she was about to turn her life around, go to Well, it's route. just, I was looking at more like anytime it's somebody that you know or you've seen or you have a connection with, like it's a, it's, but like it was senseless, you know? And I'm going like, God damn, she's like 30, dude. Yeah. And then you start thinking like, God, like you could just die tomorrow. You don't even know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you really start thinking about like you don't know, that's when you start getting a little. The you know. the other one that got me was Tim McGraw. Uh, don't take the girl. Mm, mm. Part in the song where his girlfriend or wife is giving giving birth to their baby, and yeah. they save the baby, but she dies. Mm. Oh, I listen to I listen to Slipknot's new abortion song. I cover crying because I'm like all this shit going on now. I'm like new abortions. <laughs> I was gonna say Weird Al Amish Paradise. Oh that's my god! Me every <laughs> single time, I just like I the part I picture, when, he, when he's churning the butter. Yeah, and the beard gets caught in the stick, and I'm like, yeah. oh no, ow! Yeah, <laughs> would hurt so bad. Or eat it because I have an eating problem. <laughs> yeah, the white stuff in the middle of the Oreo. I just can't. I think, I think ultimately, like, Giggity. you just reflect on things differently. And it's unfortunate that certain media platforms, like, alter your perception. But I think when you're married and you really, like, I, I feel like I'm in a good marriage and I have great kids and I would have to say you guys yeah. say the same thing. When you have that kind of stuff, anytime you watch a show, that has to do with it. Yeah. I just I, hate that, like, I just hate that people make people feel like they're not good enough for what they are in. You know, that ultimately drives me nuts. Like whether that be political or your marriage or your, your kids, there's a lot of things about raising kids, man. Yeah. Don't do this. You're so, a bad parent. If yeah. you do this. So growing up, I remember, uh, when I was in, this was probably like fourth grade, third, fourth grade. And, uh, we would get our school lunches, you know, in, yeah. in our classrooms, everyone had their little desks. 
And a kid accused me of stealing his chocolate milk. <sighs> and I did not do it. It's a crime. And it really upset me. Because like even the teacher was like, Greg, did you take the milk? Where's the milk? And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I didn't touch any milk. I don't I didn't even drink milk. <laughs> like, smell my breath. Do I have milk breath? Yeah. And later that day they found the fucking milk in the guy's desk. And so that was like something that like stuck with me, obviously, through my whole life. And I have a fucking grudge against chocolate milk. No, (laughs) but that that feeling, that's when I noticed like I really don't like that injustice type of don't blame me for something that I didn't do. And if Mm -hmm. you do, I'm just going to like I'm going to cut you off because like there's nothing that I can do to change your mind. And I I kind of realize that. You that's can, a good one, Greg. That's a good one because I, I that's one that's not talked about a lot. Like the injustice can, part. Because like now that I think about it, like some of the most emotional times that I can think of, like as in my adult life, was being accused of something and knowing I didn't do it. Like where you get and, defensive and, and no like, matter no matter what mm-hmm. you do in your defense, you cannot change that person's mind. And so it's like, okay, well, I'm going to not talk to you anymore then, I guess. I'd I don't know where to go from here because I've ex- exposed and expended all of my options. Yeah. And even in my marriage, that's one that like gets me like really heated. I think if I get the most heated, that's what it is. Cause like there's, there's periods of time and this happens to everybody, I'm sure. But, um, where my wife may feel like I'm the reason for this argument. <clears throat> yeah. And in my head, I'm like, wait a second. Like I didn't know. Yeah. Like I did nothing right here, you know, like in this particular situation, but she's so mad that she doesn't want to talk to you. And then you're left like sitting there going like, I don't even know how to fix this. Cause I didn't even fucking do anything. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a general, like, I mean, that's vague, but my point is, is like, that's when I get the most like emotionally upset where I'm just like, you go to work and you're pissed off. Cause yeah. you know, you're yeah. thinking about it all day. Well, and you're but like, you know Whoa. what it really taught me and I need to be better at this anyway, but at any point in time, you can be questioned for anything that you're doing or yeah. have done. And yeah. you need to come mm-hmm. up with an, an excuse or an answer for and it. God damn, is that not relevant in modern times? No, fuck. I'm just saying, like, especially now that you're mm. being surveilled yeah. with everything. I think, like, so. uh, as, as bleeding Republican as I am, and, like, it's one thing I've been trying to do better. And it's the reason I don't, like, post on Facebook. I really don't. Like, I have very few back and forth and I don't post political posts and I don't do this kind of stuff. But, like, but you look at stuff, you open it, and you I like read stuff. stuff. You like stuff, right? Uh, I don't. Not a lot. I I'm very like inactive with Facebook. You know what I heard? With you, but I heard on a recent podcast about um, there's a documentary that came out called The Creepy Line. Mm. Have you guys heard about this? No. no. It's about Google, and so the Creepy Line is the CEO of Google came out and they said that they were like involved in like this tracking and like their surveillance program. Yeah. And someone asked him like you know, what's going to give you the authority to not just go into everybody's accounts and do all this stuff? And he goes, well, there's there's a creepy line and our and our objective is go right up to the line, but not cross it. And like, so the whole documentary was called The Creepy Line. Mm-hmm. And it basically yeah. just talks about Facebook and Google and like what they watch, what they have control over. And they actually, if you are typing in Gmail an email and it's just a draft, yeah. like if you're typing to somebody and then you decide not to send it, and like you change your mind, they have history of that draft, even if you delete it. And yeah. so it's like every every type, every button that you type, 
every click, every click, every action is like historicized. So I don't, is that a word? Historicized? Yeah. That doesn't sound like a word. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's a word. I uh, I don't know. But I don't. Where we were going with that is is basically, um, you know, it, the injustice part of it is you. I just you think that really... people need to like take other people's. I think that's the, what's changed more as I got older. Like, I don't want to offend people. Like the the idea, like I'm I'm all about like free speech, and I hate the uh, safe space culture and all that mm-hmm. garbage. I really do. But human nature, in my opinion, is like you should never set out to hurt somebody you know, that believe something different. Like my goal wouldn't to never be like intentionally throw something in somebody's face, knowing that like I have the right to do it. Like that to me is just wrong. Yeah. And that happens on both sides. Knowing that you're going to cause them some kind of Yeah. That happens on both sides. Like I feel like I can believe what I believe and still respect and love you for not believing that too. And I'm like, I'm all pro second amendment, but like you see these guys walking around with like AR 15s and shit, like, protesting and they have these guns. Well, here's the bottom line. Do you have the right to do that? Sure. If you're licensed, you have the right to do that. Are there people that get really scared and offended by that? Yes. So what is the ultimate outcome? Like, I feel like you can have the right to do something. Almost being counterproductive. Yeah. And, but see, that's the thing is like, it has to go on both sides. Like, I think the left needs to understand, like, you know, if we believe something different, like it's not a knock on you. It's just our personal belief on it. Yeah. And I have to respect them. If they believe that socialism works and that's the way of life, I have to respect it, but you have to prove it wrong in a better way. So it's just good to like not get on the emotional train with people. There's not going to do anything. Like you said, I have friends like Cody's a, I brought him up last time, but Cody's a, a friend of mine, man. Like no matter how much I hang out with him, he's just a friend. He will always be a friend. He thinks a hundred percent differently than I do. And we got into a heated exchange a couple days ago because I, I called him out and I was like, that's just BS, dude. Like, come on. You know, yeah. I had to deal with the Indian and shit. And, and the difference between that, we had this back and forth. Some other people joined in. He texted me like 10 minutes later. And he's like, hey, man, I just want you to know, like, no matter what you think and I think, like, I still love you like a brother. I'm like, yeah, I agree, dude. It's nothing against you. Yeah. I'm just calling you out for what I think. Nobody does that. <laughs> like... Nobody yeah. fucking, they take it so personally. Everything is so personal. But and not, their but emotions. Not, not only that, but like in 10 years, that conversation about the Native American guy. It's not going to be remembered. You're not going to give see, a shit. But see, the ultimate thing is, is no matter what kind of person Cody is or what anybody else thinks of him, I, I like him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying that. That sounded like it was a bad thing. Cody's a great guy. My point is, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. We're friends. We have this like history where we're friends. And uh, like you said, it's no, no matter what he thinks, like he's still my friend. I could call him up and, and say, like, dude, I need you right now. And he would be here for sure. Yeah. So you can't let a comment like you were saying earlier, you can't let comments or things on Facebook or things on social media, like dictate your friendships. Those. Yeah. You think differently than I do on things and you think differently and you love motocross and I love hot rods and you love genetics, you know. <laughs> well, the point is, like, just because you're knowledgeable or love this and yeah. I don't doesn't mean that we are not any less of friends because of it. Yeah. The whole idea is, like, you tell us things and I talk about hot rods and you're like, I don't know anything about hot rods, but I'll go to the show and you have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, just, I think in general, enjoy your life more, right? And and appreciate what you have and don't base it off of somebody else's interpretation of what that life is, you know? So, uh yeah. And and like that is one of the reasons why I got rid of Facebook is because they're trying to influence your life in the immediate 
part of your life. Yeah. And they're trying to influence yeah. the direction and your activities and your choices that you make. People are so busy trying to pick everyone apart that they're not enjoying what's going on. I think that they're, in their own they're life. not looking at the big picture. Yeah. It's very small and it's very now. Like, yeah. I'm going to react yeah. to this post right now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, no, it's not just about now. You have a whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and then com- comprehensively, and in that moment, you, people get so heated. We were talking about emotions. They get so heated that they make a rash judgment then and spill the beans then. And a lot of times people retract that, you know? Well, a lot of the times that's a big mistake and they Huge. end up yeah. apologizing for it yes. or getting fired for it. I think the ultimate putting thing the foot for me, in the mouth later because yeah. they change their, the way they feel like life, yeah. life is fluid and it's organic and things happen and you work with it and you make the best of it. And I think what Facebook and social media does is it gives you specific crossroads that you need to go down. Like you either need to be this or this yeah, or this. And people start going down that path and it's not organic. Yeah, You know, like you could lose your job tomorrow and it might be the worst day of your life, but you could have the best reaction. You might find a better job or yeah. something you love doing more. But not like just what you just said. It's not organic because they have specific algorithms to mm-hmm. choose based off of your previous selections, mm-hmm. which path to go down. They've lumped everybody into a category. Yeah. And so and it, it used to be this this flowing like you could be right and you could then you could agree on this and disagree on this and agree on this. And that's what made life work really good because everybody had the same general belief, but they may have sway off on certain things. Now it's like. You're either here and here, and then you're just going like this, and you're farther and farther away, and now you can't agree on dick. Even though everybody's about the same, literally. You want the same things for your family as I do, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not only that. Nobody talks about that. But it's perception. Like, how do I view the world? Like, if I just paid attention to social media, I would think that this world is going to catch on fire in the next five hours. Oh, fuck yeah. But if I well, turn that off, all, to, uh, if you got all your information from that social Cord- media, Cortez gal, we're going to die in 12 years anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> But like, if you shut that off and you just go out into the real world, yeah. like it's a, not human, like that. a human being should do. That's, uh, Joe Rogan was saying that, and he's like, you never go to a fucking store. I know we were talking about this too, yeah. but you never go to a store and have anything but a decent reaction with people. Yeah. And you have no idea who they are, what they believe. There are the oddballs here and there. <laughs> Depends but on that part of town. 99% of the time, <laughs> yeah. you interact with people and it's a normal everyday fucking thing. I'm just you saying, don't have the, the interaction that is perceived on social media. I work yeah. with customers daily, different people, different walks of life, and never have I had somebody question my belief in something or not like me because of, like you just treat them the same as everybody else and, you, and I'm friends with them, you know? And then if they find out that I supported Trump, then they're like, I would have never, I would have never guessed that. But they like, don't, they don't call you a fucking sexist bigot homophobe right Here's there. the difference. Here's the difference. You don't know Jim Bob on here who's posting this stupid comment. Exactly. But if you have a relationship like I do with some of our customers and we talk every day and we laugh and we joke and we share pictures of our family, I do that shit. Yeah. I'm, I, I know them well. Yeah. Then they like something comes out and this has happened multiple times. We're like, you know, talking about Trump and I'm like, why well, I, I supported Trump. Like I voted for him. There's like this immediate, like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. Like you don't seem like that. I'm like, but that's the point is we knew each other. We actually became yeah. friends. If you will call it that we had a relationship. And now that you know that I think this and I think that does that change anything? And more times than not, it doesn't at all. Yeah, maybe not, at all. maybe not then and there in that moment. No, I'm saying that they still talk to me the same. They still joke with me. Now it's more of like a joking, like, oh, you fucking Trump supporter. You know, yeah. but it's, 
humorous, and that's how it should be. Yeah. Don't agree with me, but let's be friends still. Exactly. And that's the problem is the, the Facebook says that you connect with more people. It's not true, man. You're actually connecting less with people. Mm-hmm. Like just writing a comment on somebody's Facebook is not a connection. That's not a connection. No, yeah, it, it, it's, somehow Facebook started as one thing and it turned, it was a really good thing when it first started and somewhere people. along the lines it switched. Well, it's when they started selling your information to advertisers yeah. and then they started trying to influence your decisions and change your mind and drive you to either purchase something or support something. Yeah. And that's what it is now. And I just don't agree with it. So, all right. So anyways, Let's get on to our questions. We gotta get this podcast up. Let's do it. We got a fucking Super Bowl in them. Answer me this. Oh, yeah. So um I'll do like two or three. We're yeah, we'll see what happens. Question number one. Uh if someone you loved was killed in front of you, oh. but someone created a copy of them that was perfect right down to the atomic level, would they be the same person and would you love them just as much? No. They would not be the same person. And I don't think I could love them just as much. No. Because it's like... Maybe after a long period of time, your mind might trick yourself into thinking they're the same person. But you know it's not the same. But you know it's not that person. There was an episode of Black Mirror where a woman's husband died. And they took all of his voice recordings. They took all of his video footage. They took everything digital of this guy and, and they copied him and they copied him first into a voice recognition thing. So they had fake phone calls. Mm. So the wife would be like, Oh, hi. And she, and he'd be like, Oh, hi, honey. How you doing? How was, how was work today? You know, it'd like to be like this fake, yeah. audit, but she would have conversations with it. She'd walk all everywhere and just talk to this thing. And then like her phone broke. She had like a big breakdown, blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, I think you're ready for the next step. We're going to send you a a body. And so she had to like put this thing together, you know, like put it in the bathtub. It warms up, blah, blah, blah. And then voila, he walks downstairs. She has her husband. And it's like this android, but like he's he's walking, talking flesh. Like, does she get to pick the dick size? I think so. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) She actually requested smaller, though, believe it or not. I don't know. Maybe she's just... No, but... I don't know, man. That's... But it wasn't the same. And so, like, it was just, like, he was answering things differently. He was not as humorous. He was just a change in the personality. I think life... um, That's a fucking robot, though. Brain, memories, experiences makes a person. And, like, you can create the same exact person... But they cannot get those memories and experiences. I don't think that's possible. Well, yeah, and there's a bonding. There's like a shared experience. I think depending on how traumatized you were by the absence of that person, I think you might be so desperate for any kind of resemblance that in some cases it probably wouldn't matter to some people. Yeah, and that's what this episode was all about. But I think if like if we're doing this podcast and then Greg died tomorrow... Oh God, and then he die. and then he showed up again but he it was a a copy of you it wouldn't we'd be like fuck this copy <laughs> this isn't greg fuck you it's not like it, he would be like that or you might be. it would be like that okay i th- but i think for some people it's a lot more they're more desperate i yeah. like they have yeah, desperation is yeah 
It's like pet, pet cemetery. You gotta get that cat back. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think some um, people it would be it would be work. It would work for them, and then some people it wouldn't. Next yeah. next question. If you could teach everyone in the world one concept, what concept what concept would have the biggest positive impact on humanity? Love. I think everybody knows love. Um. I think going back to what we were just talking about, like get the whole picture before you start opening your mouth and judging people and think before you speak type of thing, you know? Yeah. That's a tougher one than I thought it was going to be when I read it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like con- maybe, concept uh, can be defined. Maybe as teaching people compassion. Yeah. I would say. What, if, a- what if everybody hugged everybody? What if like, uh, what if like every initial reaction was a hug? Like a human contact, would that change things? Maybe, yeah. Like if you know, like we all hug each other. You know, we high five hugs. We, there's contact. You know, like there's a respect. That I think. What if like, let me put it this way. What if like Antifa and the Proud Boys are in Portland? They're protesting and they all hugged each other, just for a minute. Would that calm it down immediately? Would that just like defuse it so fast? I think there'd be a small time period where there's kind of a shock factor. I think someone might shig someone in the ribs. <laughs> there might be a knife and course. I feel like, like it goes, it goes to social be. media. Like when you have, when you have like no connection with somebody and there's no like contact and there's like, I've seen, I've seen protests where two sides stopped and they hugged each other. You remember that guy that was going around just like free hugs to everybody? It was during the election season. He was a black man, and he had a free hug shirt, and he would just go to protest, and he would hug people, and mm. we'd get other people to hug each other. It was amazing to see, like, how they would be angry. Impactful that was. And then they would smile. Mm. Because I think, like, I think, listen, if you're really mad at your wife, and you guys stop arguing, and you just hug each other for a couple minutes, that, like, relieves a ton of tension. People- it underestimate can. the power no? of a hug. No, I do. I think it can. Yeah, you underestimate sure. the power of a hug. I'm just saying, like contact. I think that's the thing that the the social media is doing now is it's, it's taking away like physical contact. Yeah, and like when you touch somebody, you know, like if you go up to them, you're like, hey, yeah. Man. Like, <laughs> oh damn, I know, look at I'm that. getting, I'm rubbing. If you go up to somebody, and say, hey man, <laughs> like I'm here for you. I I care yeah. about you. I know you're going through shit. Like that, like touch is is like a, um reassuring it's, it's like a emotional like transfer. i'm not here to hurt you yeah. I'm, I'm here because I, I you know i I actually yeah i'm gonna say hugs dude it's pretty good <laughs> mandatory hugs. About that. mandatory hugs okay everybody's greeted with a hug what about man and women though then you get a little weird now, no. now see if you get weird on that you're making too. if you're if it gets weird you're making it hashtag weird. Hand, hands <laughs> off the butt right there that's a good one okay let's do one more quick one. we got we're we're good okay um i'm just gonna this is 202 Boom, I'm going to stop right here. We're waiting for you. I'm just going to read it. I don't... Okay. Okay. Uh, what life-altering things should every human ideally get to experience at least once in their lives? Having a baby. It's a good one. Sex change. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> What should every human being experience once in their life? Jumping into a ball pit. What life-altering things should every human ideally get to experience in their life? I would say having kids is definitely a good one. 
I feel real bad for people that don't want kids. They don't understand what they're missing. But Hab- having an orgasm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a hard one to Is beat. there anything better than blowing a load? I mean, goddamn, seriously. That release and how tired you are after. <laughs> it's like the best <laughs> sleep of your life. It is. Um, I would say love and marriage. Yeah. I would say, like, no matter what you are, who you, it, like, having a person in your life with you constantly through bad and good is the most amazing thing. I really do think that. Not being alone. Yeah. Kids can go that direction, too. Like, having a kid, it makes you not alone in life. Mm-hmm. What are you living for if you don't have somebody else to take care of? Um, Man, those are good ones. I feel like i am got nothing right now. Porn. Uh... I'm going to have to say not only love and having kids, but just uh, maybe experiencing like a a selfless act of kindness towards another person, experiencing that kind of interaction. Mm, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Kind of like a pay it forward almost. Yep. Yeah, doing something for somebody that needs something. Yeah, I like that. I also think music. Yeah. Experiencing music. Some people never. Yeah, I, some people just don't listen to music. Music changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Kids, music, selflessness, marriage, yeah. sex. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dropping loads. If you've never got laid and you die and you've never been laid, you just miss out on the greatest thing life has to offer, in my opinion. Well, that when I said having a baby, that's, you know, part of it. But some people have babies it's like. Bundled in, in there. A, listen, yeah, listen in let's that. be fair. Some people have kids on a schedule and a weird thing. Like, okay, put it in. Square your load. Oh, oh my. I'm I saying enjoying sexual, like having that real, like love sex. Yeah. Like that is different than just like, I feel like certain countries just, you know, it's just reproduction. That's yeah. all it is. There's no like, there's yeah. no intimacy to it. All right. It gets, yeah, me all, gets me all hot and heated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a dog in heat, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, anyways, uh, good episode. It's a great episode. Good episode. Um, lessons from the uh, podcast. What do you guys? What do you guys take away? What's your takeaway? Uh, live, learn, love. Be yeah. kind. Lick. Lick. Mm-hmm. Mm, live, learn, love, and lick. Mm-hmm. The four L's mm. <laughs> makes the world turn. Doesn't that make a swastika? The four. The four oh, oh, <laughs> I hope not. Oh my god. Oh god, that's what. Yeah, apparently that's a real symbol. Of the swastika. four L's of life. Um. I would say uh, do you and like don't let social media and Facebook tell you what's right and wrong and be your own judge of things. Care yep. for other people. Respect other people. Amen. Yeah. Learn to pay attention to the feelings and emotions you get from other people. Yeah. And, and fucking cry. Yeah. When a movie comes on, let, let it cry. out, baby. <laughs> it's there good. Go. It feels Who cares good. what other people think, man? Watch watch a green mile. Yeah. Feel bad for coffee. That was his name. John Tom. Coffee. John Coffee. <laughs> Anyways, uh, boys, I only got a snap. I'll have the drink. Only got spill. A little, uh, empty cup. Gonna, we got food going in here. We got Super Bowl today. We're going to hang out later. And yeah. You guys enjoy it. Rams going to win Everybody, by 10. If you enjoyed the episode, go on. Like us on everything. We're pretty much on every platform you can listen to. Yeah. Five stars on iTunes, everybody. Yeah. Give a rating because it helps. If without the rating, we And video should. is coming, baby. Video yes. is coming. Yep. Thanks, guys. Right. Cheers. next time traffic jams tailgating pile-ups oh the joys of driving 
How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.